0: Welcome to the ENA Podcast with your host, Dan Campana.
1: This is the ENA Podcast and this is Dan Campana, the Director of Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to our latest episode. And today it's all about triage, specifically the Emergency Severity Index handbook and course and all the updates and fun things that have been going on to bring together the next level of triage education uh, to emergency nurses from ENA. And to help me do that is our nursing content specialist, Danielle McCallum, who has been living and breathing triage and ESI uh, seemingly forever. But Danielle, welcome to the ENA Podcast.
0: Thank you. Very exciting to talk about all things triage and ESI and yes, sleeping, breathing, living, eating.
1: So let's start with the big picture here. Why is triage as important as it's ever been in today's ED environment?
0: So we know that there is an inaccuracy in triage acuity assigning, um, especially with five-level systems, ESI. Um, And we know that patient outcomes are directly correlated to the accuracy of this. Um, So these aren't really suggesting and we're not, um, you know, these aren't our opinions that it's not done correctly. We have the data, we have the research that shows their morbidity and mortality are heavily influenced on the triage decisions.
1: And of course, triage is the action, but there are all these outside influences that are challenging nurses to do things, whether it be staffing, maybe the crowding in a particular ED, maybe just the high level of acuity for patients. That, to me, sounds like it makes something like ESI that much more important because it's a bit of a a grounding force for triage when you've got all this stuff swirling around you. Is that a a fair way of putting it? It, Me speaking to someone who is an actual ED nurse, is it nice to have something like this that you can lean on when you've got all these factors that could be messing with how you're trying to get through your day when it comes to the caseloads and the number of patients that are floating around in ED?
0: Yes, and you're correct that we are in our own head, um, especially if you are in the triage role for your shift. Um, you most of the time are on your own making these decisions. And so when you have these outside environments, um, as well as your internal stigmas, biases in your head, this decision can be become quite cumbersome. And this support um, from ENA to have the ESI handbook updated and have all this education surround it is huge.
1: So let's start with the handbook. This is the handbook fifth edition. Uh, what are some of the, the key things that are different in this handbook? And maybe even talk just a little bit about the, the purpose of the handbook, because that's not the education itself, but talk a little bit about the purpose of the handbook and some of the things that are different in it.
0: So, yeah, um, and that's great to start off by saying ESI handbook is exactly what it is, a handbook on that algorithm and how to apply it, um, what different decision points lead to the next, and how you uh, make those decisions on um, the patient presentations. Um, So the handbook is more so a guide um, in applying the algorithm um, and utilizing The different um, decision points A through D to get to that decision Um, and again with it being more of a guide you're still needing education to support what you are um, reading in the handbook Um, the handbook is not triage education it's not comprehensive it's um, meant not to go into detail of um, specific populations and but what it is therefore is this foundation for an ed nurse to say okay how do i go from decision point a to b to c to d and be confident in what i'm concluding with the patient presentation and the decision again with all these things in um, our mind as the patient's in front of us and we are assessing them we're assessing vital signs how can we get to an accurate decision and this handbook with the updates is going to be a great tool for the nurse. Um, it's been a good tool but we know it needed updating.
1: And some of that it sounds like is involves context about where some of the misinterpretations may come from um, or just offering some new evidence about aspects of what you're looking at in terms of patient presentation. Um, talk a little bit about how that works where this is helping, again, set the scene a little bit about maybe why accuracy has been hurt because our people, you know, are nurses taking their own interpretation or some of their own thoughts in their own mind and veering off the course of what the algorithm is being laid out as telling them what is best or what they're actually getting, what stage they're getting people to.
0: Right, and that um, can happen for a lot of different reasons. Um, You can, that can be learned behaviors, um, whether it's throughout life what kind of stigma and bias stays with us and stereotyping and we have to address those things before we present for our shift and you know before we're going to um, ultimately give a patient fair assessment. Um, that can also be learned from our orientation you know what were the nurses who were orientating us what did they tell us to believe about ESI level ones and twos and threes um, and then it can also come from um, again just the environment. So. Um, When we talk about algorithms in general, they're meant to be used as they say they are, not suggestions, not, hey, you may want to use this, you may want to take this into consideration. It is meant to be used as it is stated to be applied. Um, Just an example. You could be taking ACLS. You're not going to just use the ACLS manual. You're going to be taking the class uh, of ACLS to support those algorithms. And if you do uh, take an algorithm out of ACLS and you want to tweak something a little bit, you're going to get a different patient outcome.
1: Sure.
0: Because the research is supporting the algorithm. As an ESI, the research is supporting the algorithm that was researched. So if you take something out or put in your own suggestions to it, that's going to lead to uh,
1: mistriage. And I've seen things in terms of the research that also talk about either over or under triaging. And again, that seems to lean toward someone's own perspectives or maybe even the environment of the ED that is telling them you know, maybe I should heighten this person a little bit because they're going to get a different level of attention or, wow, we're really busy, so I'm going to under because we don't really have time for it. I mean, not to overstate it, but is that a little bit of some of the those scenarios that you're talking about where you're letting yourself get off the algorithm a little bit because of other influences internally or externally?
0: Correct, and and we hear and see that um, through anecdotal um, emails, um, phone calls, you know, um, nurses Come to us with questions. Say, I've um, have this issue in our department where everyone's making abdominal pain a four or five because they don't want to have the implications of making someone a three. Uh, and so when we hear these types of things, it, it is concerning. Um, and when you talk about under triage um, because they're looking at the department or there's a certain um, staff or provider um, during that shift on that is when you're going to have a suboptimal patient outcome. Um, and again, their triage acuity assignment is directly led to patient outcomes. So under triage um, could mean that they're gonna wait a while, let's just say for example, um, and then that can hinder their, their outcome. I don't wanna use last of negative words, but you don't want a patient to die because you gave them an under triage number because it's a busy day.
1: Sure, absolutely. So one of the ways that the updated handbook and the updated course are working to take away some of that is obviously through the the, the online course itself, the 2.0. Talk a little bit about what is different about that that is helping to really reinforce the right ways of applying ESI. It's not just a formality to go through and take the course and say, well, I know it. It really is aimed at driving home some really key points about sticking to the path that the algorithm is laying out. Correct.
0: Correct. Um, and that's what's great too with with the course is we could take from the handbook and create questions, um, the post exam, for instance. And when we talk about ESI one, for example, decision point A, you can read, you know, there's not a lot of ESI ones out there. That's because that a triage assignment is being underutilized. Um, Uh, The assumption out there is ESI 1 are those patients who are requiring CPR or intubation. There's a lot of other populations that uh, present that require ESI level 1 assignment, and that's what we go in the handbook, clarifying those things up, and then we want it reflected in the course with questions. Um, After looking at the handbook, does the nurse understand, okay, these other patients are also level 1s? Um, same with level two and threes we know that that is um, the most mistriaged um, decision points um, you don't want to under triage a two and make them a three so what we've done is clarified what makes a patient a level two what presentations um, the necessity to obtain vitals on every single patient because you could be speaking with a patient assessing them thinking oh they're, they could be a four or five you could then obtain vitals See some abnormalities, then you're going to ask them some questions off of you know seeing these abnormal vitals, and uh, uncover that they're actually a two, and then so we brought that over to the core side again, mirroring what's in the handbook, so the um, nurse can hone in on that application.
1: There's new and, and revised case examples. Uh, what what exactly are those case examples? Are these you know uh, real life scenarios? Are these maybe examples that have been seen in the past where what you just described happens that you don't do this one thing, which could be the difference between a two or, or a, a, lower, um, a lower acuity rating. Um, so what, what exactly goes into those case examples and how do those help facilitate what you're hoping for, which is people to recognize the value of what the algorithm is trying to show in terms of results?
0: Yeah, so one thing we've done is add a lot more um, vital signs to the scenarios to Um, focus that every patient needs a full set of vital signs to um, have the nurse fully make a triage acuity decision, Um, not saying that every patient with, you know, a little abnormal heart rate is a two, but to look at the patient, reassess what you're going to assign them and you need to change that. And so in the course, um, looking at what currently is um, a knowledge check, again, tweaking that so it's... Easier for the nurse to recognize this is going to be ESI 1, 2, 3 because I remember that from the handbook. Um, So, updating those knowledge checks and what's brand new is um, this post exam. Um, It's patient scenarios, they all have vital signs, Um, they all can be ESI level 1 through 5. And after taking the course, We want to gauge how well can you apply and you should want to gauge yourself Um, you should want to know how well can I apply the algorithm with the information in front of me Um, it's always a little different because this is um, we you know reading scenarios versus the patient in front of you but this is still going to give you a sense of what do I know about the algorithm what didn't I know and how can I change my practice how can I improve my accuracy especially if you don't audit yourself (laughs) you're gonna want to gauge how well you're doing and um, what's great about the exam is you're gonna be able to retake those ones you got wrong so that you learn again this is just more support for the ED nurse
1: and one thing that kind of plays out in all those some of the things that you said is this isn't for a nurse at one point in their career this really does cover the gamut from the experienced nurse to the new nurse, there's always something, especially in these updates, that anybody can learn from and gain from and improve from, right?
0: Yes. Um, for instance, I have a friend, she's been in the ED 10 years, just like I have. And she said, I've learned more from you talking with me about <laughs> the work you're doing than I have. And um, it, it's really great. And that's why, like you said, I still work at Bedside in the ED. Um, and so when Dr. Lisa Wolf and I um, went and figured out what is needed in this handbook, it was research research. It was more clarity it was simplifying some wording that again could lead to that misinterpretation you've talked about
1: when you look at this whole package um, it, it, it sort of reinforces it not being a clinical person it reinforces for me what a key moment that is when that when that triage happens whether it's somebody who walks in or whether they're they're brought in through ems or some other circumstance um does that be you know does that ever become sort of mundane that you know that's such a key part of it because it happens so frequently for every nurse to have to spend some time doing those things that maybe this gets underestimated as a valuable tool and clearly it, it's tremendously valuable and the time that went into it shows that but you know how do you help people shake out of that that this isn't a, a mundane part of the job this is a really really important part of it and we need the education that we're, we're talking about here
0: you're exactly right um I think another word for that is decision fatigue you know you can be uh, every patient that presents to the emergency department needs an acuity decision Um, you need to assign a number one through five Um, and I think if we approach this as ED nurses of this is not just a number you are saying you've assessed the patient you've looked at vital signs and you've determined different things about them whether they are high risk needing immediate life saving interventions uh, the amount of resources they could need so this of course can get um, a fatigue nurse when you're making how many decisions during your shift um, but when it comes back to reiterating this is patient's outcome uh, this is not just a number and I think at times you're right, nurses can look at, well, I just need to put a number because a patient needs a number. Um, and I think what's really exciting is we are wanting to reignite this um, this desire to utilize this algorithm correctly to improve patient outcomes. Um, and when we also talk about nurses that are, newer being out at triage too, um, it's that support and again ENA wants to give this support um, and what's gonna support your confidence education um, not only looking at the new handbook having it there at work to reference having those conversations with colleagues with your educator with managers about okay what what have we been doing what has been our practice and what it have we all been applying the algorithm the same way? Are we misinterpreting it? Um, it this is really going to be key.
1: Well, I was going to ask you for a takeaway, but I think that's a, that's a great takeaway uh, is, you know, where the intrinsic value of all this is and really how it feeds into so many other pieces of the puzzle when it comes to everything that you've described as an ED nurse and what goes on in ED and your colleagues and how you all work together. Um, something you mentioned before we started uh, recording here was um, you know, another good piece. Talk a little bit about the FAQs in the handbook because those have been updated as well. And, and what, what's some of the value that you see from those FAQs? Because we could sit here for three hours and you could tell me everything, and listeners could hear everything. But we got to send them someplace, right? You know. So <laughs> pick up the handbook. You know. But yeah. the FAQs are, are reflecting of some some of the changes and some of those key things that you've alluded to here.
0: Yes. Pick up the. A handbook look at the FAQs are exciting um, no joking aside the FAQs are ones that we created with common questions common things we've been hearing over and over and that is when am I allowed to change an ESI When am I not allowed to change it um, we've heard um, lots of different um, unique things happening out there um, to put it that way and we know that this was important is when you know it really didn't fit in a place of in the decision points but then to have this faq document as a reference of okay patient comes in um they've been here x amount of time they've been seen by by a provider can i change the acuity no that's the short answer (laughs) but again head to the faqs because they really answer again those common questions we're seeing weekly
1: Anything I've missed? I, I know you've been living and breathing this. this. It's been your world for so long. Anything else that we haven't talked about you want to share? And you know, we'll certainly tell people where to go to find all of the triage and all the ESI information, but what? Uh, anything, anything we missed that uh, you want to make sure we touch on before we wrap up here?
0: I think we've hit a lot of important points of the update. Um, and again, just want to reiterate that we know triage accuracy can be in the 50%, 60%. But we also know through research that after education is applied, that's not just picking up the handbook, but true education and training, that can boost up to 80% and higher.
1: And ultimately that benefits patient outcomes in the long run. So so where to go to find all this is ena.org slash triage. You'll see everything about ESI and all of the triage resources that ENA has many of which Danielle has been spending her life on uh, over the last uh, several months. Uh, so she's living, breathing triage, and she's applying it in, in her ED when she's working. So Danielle, appreciate you joining the podcast today.
0: Thank you. Again, very exciting.
1: Absolutely. So that'll do it for this episode of the ENA Podcast. Again, you can go to ena.org triage to learn more about everything that ENA has uh, relating to triage, including all the updates to ESI. Um, You'll also see on there a reference to ESI Pediatric 2.0, which is also coming up down the road here in a little bit. You can also watch your email and ENA social media as more uh, information is shared about uh, what's going on with these updates and for future things such as the pediatric uh, online course. With all that, I'm Dan Campana. I appreciate you joining us for this episode of the podcast and hope you'll tune in next time.
0: To learn more about ENA or to become a member, visit ENA.org backslash membership.